Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. If you're going to run a 60-minute TV show where people are yelling at each other and you kind of tell people they want to hear, that's actually like a really good economic model, right? So um, so that's kind of what we're like against. Like the, but however, like what we think is like, we're just trying to be really efficient with people's times and time, excuse me. And it's gotten maybe not so bad, but like that infotainment and the opinions, the bias and the tur- tuning in and everyone yelling at each other and your heart, pr- you should see these emails we receive, like the heart, your heart race, your heart's racing, your blood pressure's up. We just feel like it kind of went too far one direction. And now we're just going back to being like, tell me what happened. Keep it calm, keep it factual. Are you enjoying today's podcast episode? I really hope you do. And I really hope you enjoy the fact that I have an amazing guest talking with me and having this great discussion. If you, as an individual, personally have your own podcast, and maybe you want to have great guests on your podcast as well, well, I got a deal for you. In my description, there is a link to something called Podmatch. Make sure to join that link through my affiliate link so you can sign up to get matched up with other podcast hosts and podcast guests so you make sure you are never missing an episode without a productive guest to have an amazing conversation with. Podmatch is similar to any other kind of matching site for the most part. And it's super easy you, just $6 a month and you can have a guest for each and every podcast episode that is tailored to your specific topic. So again, join the link in my description and join Podmatch now. Do you want a great website like this? This is my podcast website where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 34 of the Purple Political Breakdown. And today we have a very interesting conversation with a great guest on as we talk about media, media and politics, their role in politics, and kind of the outlook of mainstream media versus kind of the new version of media that is paving its way out currently with generations now and the generations in the future and to kind of initiate that conversation i have a great guest um tim and he's going to dive into his company 1440 uh 1440 media what his company does and very much engage in the conversation of course now this is just me your host Riddell lewis my two co-hosts are not here today but they'll be here for future conversations of course now, um, I guess the first things first, uh, I'll be honest, Tim, when you reached out, I actually was using your service before you even reached out to me. So I was subscribed to the newsletter via email, and I would use your newsletter um, to kind of read some current news that's going on. You know, I see that you guys cover a lot of different things with like you have the main topic you have a sports topic, science, politics. Obviously, I dive into the politics a little bit more in depthly, of course. But um, 
it's kind of interesting how I was already absorbing the content and then you reach out to me. So uh, it makes this conversation a lot more interesting, of course. So mm -hmm. how are you doing today? Uh, how's your day been? Really good. First of all, super honored to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Riddell. <clears throat> yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, so I guess to start out with everybody that's not myself, can you explain okay. not only who you are, but what the company is for the people? Yeah, sure. Of course. So <clears throat> I'm Tim Hillscamp. I'm 1440 CEO. I uh, live out in Chicago at the moment. Um, yeah, so 1440 is a newsletter. We send it out to about 2.6 million Americans at the moment. And we focus on delivering news without motives. So what that means is actually, maybe I can give you the founder story, because I think it really goes into how we uh, how we started this and why, why we built this. But so I used to work in like the venture capital private equity space. So I'm actually like a finance person by trade, did that for about a decade, helped, uh, helped invest in like rapidly growing technology companies. Uh, and then my co-founder, Drew, uh, is a PhD scientist. He used to work on Capitol Hill. Believe it or not, one of his jobs was kind of like to read really sophisticated science documents and then like distill them down for folks on Capitol Hill. So we were buds and basically we had this, uh, this problem. Um, we felt the media landscape wasn't delivering for us in two ways. One, we felt like we were really busy professionals and we didn't have a lot of time and we wanted to know what was going on in the world but we didn't have time to go to like 15 or 20 different newsletters or websites or podcasts or what, what have you. Right. So like we think that uh, news by design is very niche or verticalized. So you have like, you know, sports and uh, politics and all the things you just said, right. Uh, business. And by the time you like go around to all 15 or 20 of them to get a well-rounded view of what's going on, it just takes a really long time. So we said, why can't there be someone who's like inch deep mile wide in a world of inch wide mile deep that just gives us everything in one place if you only had a five or 10 minutes in the morning to really know what's going on in the world, provide that. So that was number one. And then two, and I think why I'm here is, uh, you know, this, <laughs> we felt that there are these news organizations we respect tremendously, but they often tell you like who to vote for, how to interpret something or what your opinion should be about uh, the news story of the day. So we basically said, you know, we're pretty smart people. We can like come to our own conclusions. We can read documents. We can read insights and like make our own decisions. But like, can someone just provide like kind of a just the facts approach without all this opinions and the bias and people yelling at each other and just like a safe environment where we can like try to learn every day. So yeah, kind of with that one, two punch of, we call it comprehensive and impartial. We set out and built 1440. It was about five years ago. Uh, we did the whole, for like the startup enthusiasts, we did the whole like minimum viable product process unsure if anyone else would even care. Right. So we sent it out to about 78 friends and family and um, just with the thesis, like, let's see if people like, like it and you know, if there's anything there and it just kind of content continued to grow. I think it went from 78 the first day. We were actually doing it weekly at the time just to test the concept went from 78 the first time to 91 to 104. So there was like some small evidence that it was, it was growing and we just took a ton of feedback from our users in the first couple of quarters. And now, Fast forward, actually, like a lot's happened since then, of course, but fast forward a couple of years later and we're up to 2.6 million Americans. Um, we're really proud that it's about, the audience is about 50-50 male, female. It's spread almost perfectly across the United States as well. And it's about a third Democrat, a third Republican, and a third independent. So we think it speaks, like the, the audience itself speaks to this, like there's this kind of... Um, a psychographic of users maybe they're not a demographic because they're all across all ages and, and occupations and political beliefs but they just like they're just hungry for can someone tell me what happened and like let me come to my own conclusions and that's who are who we serve 
Yeah, I think that's a great mission, of course. And when I was searching, kind of go from my own experience so the people kind of understand how, how I start absorbing your content. When I was approaching the, the political landscape and diving into these type of topics, considering how I present the podcast and considering how I present the content, one of the big things for me is really looking at topics, trying to find out solutions without political bias, without trying to kind of push an agenda or motive. I'm not really interested in the kind of mass attacks from both sides to against each other and the skewed way the facts are presented and we see that time and time again a lot of uh different ways to absorb information we see it on tv of course we see it on certain podcasts we even see it on social media so i was searching okay i need some information and the convenience of getting that information daily in my email would also be grateful. So I'm like, unbiased politi political newsletter. And, you know, 4040 was the first thing that kind of came up. And I was like, okay, great. Let me see what they got. I looked into it and I was like, okay, this looks good. And uh, signed up. And for the most part, from what I've seen, every time I read the newsletter, there was never a time where I felt like they're trying to push me to think a certain way. So... That's something I appreciate, and I'm sure the 2.6 million also appreciate because they, a lot of people are just getting tired of this current landscape of trying to make them think a certain way. They want to present, they want to get the facts presented to them, they want to read it, and they want to make up their own conclusion and their own opinion. And it doesn't even have to be someone like me that rides the middle for the most part. But even Dems, even Republicans left and right, even them, they're getting tired of getting kind of pushed to think a certain way. So to kind of help the people understand how you go about this approach, because for some, it's so hard to kind of present information. I don't think it's that hard personally, but for some, it is to present information in a very non um partisan way non-biased way how how do you go about presenting that information so you're making sure that you're presenting facts and you're allowing the audience to kind of come to their own conclusion yeah yeah absolutely so there's there's a few ways we do this um our editor can speak much more eloquently here but i'll, I'll give it a shot here so yeah i think the first way is one like knowing which sources tend to just deliver factual information and don't have bias and opinion so there's a lot of uh, there's actually a lot of new tools out there that do like kind of uh, bias maps and heat maps and like kind of be careful of these sources they're on both sides right the right and the left and like kind of be careful of them so i think just after having done this for five years we know like which sources like you just stay away from altogether or like if someone's reading one of them or like you know if my uncle sends me a a, a link from a certain one it, like I, like i'll tell him like that's be careful with that like that's not that's like misinformation right so that happens that happens quite a bit and then i think it's like really like in our editorial process we have a, a terrific editorial team that's like just reading multiple articles about one topic a day to try to find out one so they can be really well informed right they ask like the deep questions like they're just they're learners themselves. They want to know what's going on. They want to learn about the topic. So they're going deep and like down the rabbit hole, if you will, and reading, you know, 10 or whatever uh, top uh, articles on the topic. So they can, so one, they can not only compile the information for themselves and our readers as well, but they can also be like, that's not the best article. That's all about, you know, that's all opinions. So I think it's a, yeah, it's a combination of like knowing where to look and then just like the really strict, rigorous process on just trying to get rid of all of it. Right. And like, we're not perfect, of course. And like, we, you know, our, one of our taglines is like, we're, you know, 
as unbiased as humanly possible. Like we're trying our best here, but like we are really trying very hard to just be like opinion, not, not, not here. And, and also we like, we love opinions. Like there's some incredible opinion pieces every day that are written, but like, I think we think that those have snuck into too much of the news and the average consumer is just like, cool, man. I just want to, can someone just tell me what happened? <laughs> right. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's that. And then I think the, the last thing too is um, I actually, so given my, um, my kind of like private equity, venture capital, investment banking background, I actually still help with our business section. I really enjoy writing that every day. And I, I even like, so you can, you can have facts, but then you can frame it and have motives in a certain way. So one of the examples I, I like to use, and I'm not going to get the numbers exactly right, but I believe it was in August of 2020, uh, at some point, like in the, in the depths of COVID, right. There was a huge, you know, obviously like huge layoffs in like May and June. And then, um, a couple quarter, a couple months later, there was like a huge hiring spree and a couple, there's a couple facts there, right? One. I believe it was August, but I could be wrong. I think it was something like seven or 8 million jobs were added in August, which is the highest amount of jobs ever added at any single month. Right. However, there still were something like 10 or 11 million less jobs than at the start of the pandemic. Right. So like you go on these sites and again, to your point about kind of like pandering to specific political beliefs, you go to certain sites and it's like, we are in the best economy of all time, which that's factual, right? Like we ate, but, but if you define the best of our economy of all time by the highest job growth ever, you can make that argument, right? But then you go to the other site and they, and they say, uh, or, you know, other sites say we're, you know, we're, uh, we're still 10 million jobs behind and like, it's the worst economy of all time. And I think that's what happens a lot at these like Thanksgiving dinners, right? <laughs> it's like people get together and they're only here in certain sides of the story. And it's like, we're in the best economy of all time. What are you talking about? We're in the worst economy of all time. And people are just like speaking past each other. So for us, what we try to do, and like, again, it's because like, we're just trying to learn this ourselves. If we were to write that tagline, it would be something like August, 2020 unemployment drops from nine, totally making up these numbers. I apologize. 9.2% to 7.9% adding 8 million jobs, the highest ever in a month. However, the total job figure is still 10 million behind the beginning of COVID. And like, that's the whole story, right? Like that's what you want to learn. But we, we just find that people pick out what they want to, you know, they're, they're part of it to beat their drum essentially. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, We see that time and time again. And like you said, it's, it's so easy to kind of make use factual information, like you said, but present them in a way to kind of push a specific narrative and to kind of paraphrase real quick basically what tim is saying here is that you can have someone present information about the job growth the percentage of growth being so much larger especially in condition to covid obviously with that time versus this time the percentage is going to be extremely huge but in reality when you compare that to like different periods the amount of jobs is not the same it's less matter of fact but they use that growth percentage number to kind of portray themselves as oh yeah we are doing an amazing job you know the current uh president the current vice president the current party that is controlling the congress they're all doing an amazing job and this is how we're doing it 
but in reality you're trying to get they're just trying to get things to the status quo of everything even before covid so that's just an excellent point there but i i guess i'm gonna go into this route because it's unfortunate but as we've seen and, and there's plenty of examples out there as we've seen information and facts can only appeal to so much people the people like your editorial team people like myself and my co-host we love like information we love learning we love obtaining knowledge in a way so we are informed about a particular topic but i would say the mass people out there would when they're absorbing information they kind of skew the the ratio of how they absorb information to majority enjoyment versus factual information being correct so with people trying to get entertainment more so than anything that's why they can appeal to certain news outlets like um, fox news or cnn and certain aspects and they appeal to personalities more so than the information being presented regardless of what they're saying but since they like the personality they're just going to assume that they're just giving them the correct information the the difference between 1414 media obviously being a newsletter and how you present information and you don't necessarily have a personality to the facts presented how do you tackle that kind of it is an issue to an extent but you know it's just the reality of humans and how they consume uh, consume media how do you tackle that potential challenge to make sure you're not only presenting factual information but also presenting information that will ent entertain the audience yeah it's a wonderful question i would say yeah we call that like the infotainment that's what a lot of folks call those uh like the tv like specifically the tv stuff yeah and like you know to be I don't say to be fair, but it's interesting because a lot of folks like, you know, in my friends and family network on both sides on both, you know, the MSNBCs and the Fox are the, the one I watch to see like how different the world is on a nightly basis. Not, I don't watch it nightly, but when I tune in and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think one of the issues there too, is like the person watching that wants to hear it. Right. So like they just, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like they believe a certain thing. They think the other team is evil. It happens on both sides. They're both attacking the other team. They, you have a certain set of like maybe political beliefs or fiscal beliefs. And like, they tell you kind of what you want to hear. So like, you're going to keep watching that. Uh, we always use this stat where um, if you basically, it, it's, it's a ballpark figure, but if you basically like look at how much uh, a minute of your attention is worth, it's, if you look at like Facebook data and TV data and a bunch of things, it's, it's worth about a penny a minute. Right. So like if you're watching something or looking at something or reading something, it's basically worth like the free market on your way on your attention's a penny. So, you know, if you're if you're gonna run a 60 minute TV show where people are yelling at each other and you kind of tell people what they want to hear, that's actually like a really good economic model, right? So um, so that's kind of what we're like against, like the but however, like what we think is like we're just trying to be really efficient with people's times and time, excuse me, and it's gotten maybe not so bad, but like that infotainment and the opinions, the bias and the tuning in and everyone yelling at each other and your heart, you should see these emails we receive, like the heart, your heart race, your heart's racing, your blood pressure's up. We just feel like it kind of went too far one direction. And now we're just going back to being like, tell me what happened, keep it calm, keep it factual. So yeah, like we worry about, you know, like we're not, no, no company can capture like the entire, like, TAM, like total adjustable market, but 
a lot of people on all sides, like even like far left, far right, they're getting sick of this. And they're just like, can someone just, again, I know I've said this, can someone just tell me what happened, right? So they're just so fed up with all this, all this, like the excess stuff going on. And they're like, can someone just give it to me? Like, like basically how news was like 40 years ago, right? There were like three channels and they told you the facts. And like, we get a lot of Walter Cronkite emails, like, oh, you guys are kind of like Walter Cronkite. Um, who just told us the facts and let us come to our own conclusion. So anyway, so yeah, long-winded way of saying, I think like we don't really worry about it because there's so many people out there in America that just want to know what's going on that we think our TAM's like plenty big to, even if we don't include everyone. <clears throat> yeah, that's a definitely interesting way to kind of uh, tackle this uh, scenario, uh, especially since you indicated that the way you present the information is extremely time efficient that then can grasp it really quickly and uh, some people like you said already are sitting down to focus on the yelling match or focus on some weird agenda that is about to be pushed but you know if you can't capture that enthrallment of getting into that drama basically you can at the very least capture the fact that very quick time efficient wise they can capture that information and move on with their day of course so that's a that's a very interesting model and it makes sense of course it makes sense to kind of go that route to an uh to an extent have you ever considered um down the line presenting information in a more conversational basis where you know you have some people um maybe some personalities on your company present a more audio form or uh you know short form you can still do short form especially it's very interesting with companies like TikTok and people like youtube shorts or companies transitioning like youtube to youtube shorts and instagram reels that is another way people are starting to consume information uh there's like this pretty big TikToker that people are loving that even him and some others that I've seen the when I scroll through the platform where people are loving them because they're just presenting the facts they're just presenting the information and they're doing it obviously in like one to two to three minute spurts it's not long they say it very quickly and then move on you just got a bit of information in like one to two minute span without you know drama kind of filling uh, the air now the great thing with them obviously is they're inputting their personality into it to an extent so because they're doing that you're also entertained but you're also attached to the personality so there may be danger we can kind of uh discuss that in a little bit but have you ever thought about kind of approaching it in the future that way in terms of information especially since you already have the okay quick model right here just need to translate that to a video format yeah well what we do you're our first call Riddell. you got to help us with that but yeah, we, we haven't done that today. Well, I will say, we, you know, we do social media. So we have a social media team that does like snippets of news and like stories. Uh, so on, you know, we're on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. Um, we're, we're working through some of that stuff and trying to think about how to, how to scale the business. But, you know, today we basically said like to ourselves, like we think a lot of companies um, kind of do too many things and like, seen this happen a lot of times business they launch too many products they have too many things they're working on and then you have and i'm not talking about every company but some companies you have like instead of one excellent world-class product you have 12 to 15 mediocre products that no one loves and that's usually not a good 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 for like long-term business so 
we are thinking about new mediums and new ways to to deliver our product but at the moment it's just the uh the, the newsletter fair enough fair enough um it's just an uh, interesting thing to think about obviously and i find 1440 and how they present information very efficient um but I guess it plays into kind of the United States kind of capitalist way where back in the day, you said like 40 years ago, you may see kind of companies, news outlets presenting the facts, presenting the information. But I don't know if this is true, but based on my own interpretation on how it could have happened is they realized that people may or may not actually care about the information but if we make them attached to the personality that is presenting the information we can kind of capture more audience and make them more dedicated to the content that's being presented and in that in that of course they kind of get people to recognize faces like a tucker carlson for example they recognize uh faces like um there's a one CNN guy that got booted. I, I I don't even know these guys' names by heart, but because I don't even watch any of them. But you can see people know these guys. They know their talking points, and they know what they try to do on a consistent basis. So they translate from, okay, we're going to present the facts to, okay, we're going to present facts, but we care more about making money. So I guess that's the potential concern with, with those situations. But that model obviously worked for you know some of the bigger media companies and they put personalities out there but it's interesting now because of how society is so politically divided as of right now that it's so heated and they're calling out people people are getting fired like tucker carlson and the p there's like a host on cnn that's getting fired as well so you have these different situations so in your case the reason why um i'm bringing this up is if you were to kind of consider a circumstance where you kind of put a personality out there, how much does it weigh in terms of pros and cons when it comes down to potentially having a personality be too much of the personality versus the facts versus, um, you know, unless you can kind of create a way to do it where they don't get attached. Like if you were to go down that route, would that be like a major concern especially if that personality became like powerful enough to kind of sway opinions in the future. Is that something that you consider? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Um, I mean, frankly, we've considered it. It's just not like in our DNA. It's like not in the cards for us. Uh, that might be foolish, but we just feel like, again, like that's saturated and overloaded and there's all sorts of different personalities and like, that's not who we are. That's not why we get up in the morning. It's not why we would ever win. So just like stay away from it altogether is kind of how we think about that. That's a fair approach, fair approach. And I just thought of something a little bit. So I'm going to bring it up. It's considering the evolution of AI technology. So another kind of aspect that people are going down is having AI even present information with how AI audio is kind of working. Matter of fact, that can even translate some people's voices. Um, mm -hmm. Have so has that ever crossed you and your company's mind in terms of having AI present information? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really like with any big like technical shift, right? There's one of these every like 10 or 15 years, right? The mainframe, personal computer, the internet. It was supposed to be um, supposed to be crypto, but that never really happened. Uh, and now the next one's AI, right? So like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're like, we're valuing this and checking it out. Like, I think it's going to have 
huge uh, implications, like all like tectonic sh uh, shifts in tech do. But um, I don't, so what we found so far is is the AI is really good at like summarizing. So you know, like if you use like ChatGPT or any of these things, it's like, hey, um, give me a summary of uh, I'm in Chicago, like the history of Chicago, right? It would come back boop, and do that for you really well. What we have, we, we found that it's not good at yet. And like, obviously this is going to change because it's AI and like these machine learning models are incredible. And I'm not a technology person. I just know how kind of it all comes together a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's not great at saying like, here's 10,000 articles from today, which ones matter, which ones give me, which one should I read and which one should I like avoid basically, right? And like that's, at the end of the day, that's what we do. We're a curator, like, right? So we we look at all the articles, all the information, all the news. So it's like, it's it's the, you know, the um, what's going on in Ukraine, it, but then it's also like the, 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 the companies that IPO'd and new scientific developments. And then we even have like a fun section on the bottom that does like, you know, Michelin star restaurants and fall foliage schedules and just like fun stuff to make you like a um, an interesting person. So. Anyway, like what we found so far, and we're very early on this, but like if you feed it like everything on the internet, it can't come back to you yet and say, these, this is what you should read. This is what you should consume. This is what you should know. Uh, we think humans are better at that right now. Again, right now, in case it's like, I have to watch this like five years from now. And I'm like, wow, he was, was way wrong on that. Um, but like right now it can't do that, but will it in a couple of years, maybe even a couple of months, probably. So yeah, we're constantly trying to figure out like how we can use it both like as a tool to help us stay smarter. And then that, that's the thing. Cause like, I know I keep saying this, but at the end of the day, like we're just doing this for ourselves. We're not like media people. We didn't come from the media, right? Like we're just trying to like get smart and be knowledgeable people. Like we're all intellectually curious. So we do it for ourselves. And then now just 2.6 million of our friends read it every day. Right. So whatever tools we could have out there that would help us make that easier and help people learn more efficiently or help discover new amazing content the, the, like where do we sign would be incredible but it's still it's just still what we've found found is it's still too early in the like it's it's early so i don't know it'll be interesting to see how like people use it there are some news organizations using it like which makes a lot of sense like ap and um some of the other the other companies like for earnings reports right so like that's exactly like what it should be used for. Right. So like Microsoft does their earnings and like, they literally go in and they say, pull out the revenue number from, you know, the, the Q1, or the, excuse me, the Q1 revenue number from the, the 10 Q and what was it the year before and what's the change and just write an article about like, did their revenue grow or not? And did they miss earnings or not? Like that's something that like AI can do really easily. But like, we think that historically when I've studied or when we've studied, like, you know, what happens in those environments, Usually what happens is it allows really smart humans to like their, their kind of like monotonous time of doing like busy work goes away and it unlocks human creativity. Right. So we actually, we're actually really excited about it. Like, it'll be really cool to see what happens. Um, it's definitely going to change a lot of, I think like with this one, like white collar jobs too. Um, so it'll be, it'll be amazing. Like some of the stuff like in the law, law field where, you know, they can take what used to take thousands of hours of associate time reading documents and just throw it at a computer now and the answer right, can come yeah. out. It's like, you know, it's pr pretty wild stuff, but um, I think, yeah, it's just like still TBD how it all plays out, but that's, sorry to just put a bow on it. What we see is it's great at finding information, summarizing information. It can't like, it doesn't have the skill of a human yet in terms of like 
this is what you should read or this is why you should read that but it's definitely coming at some point okay um funny thing you say that is i actually did a podcast episode with a company that is trying to achieve that um i don't know if you heard of them but they're called other web and sure. they're the ones that tr they're trying to achieve an ai model that can kind of uh rationalize good information versus bad information and present only factual correct information to the people so I'll, I'll tell you more about that later um if you're interested but yeah, love to more. Love to more there. so to kind of go over kind of the the topic of discussion a little bit more so when it comes down to media um especially as of recently probably ever since donald trump moving forward the role of media in and its role in politics has definitely been I guess interesting. Um, if you want to say good or bad, I'm willing to. Um, I'm willing to argue, especially with the companies that we've talked about, where they're kind of framing things in a certain way. It has been bad for certain people, but the other side would argue it's good for my side, though. So it seems like media, especially the big media juggernauts, have an active role in perpetuating thoughts and opinion about political issues and political um, actors, basically, whether it's a congressman or a presidential candidate. So what do you believe the role of a media informational, you know, company like yourself or other companies you could think of? What do you think their role should be when it comes down to politics? And how does your company kind of handle um, or go about presenting information and then their role in politics? Yeah, yeah great question. Um, I mean, I think like the way we think about that is other, <laughs> other organizations have different like motives and different ways they do business. Like to use my penny a minute example from earlier, like if that's the case and you want people staring at screens longer to, to, to maximize revenue, it makes sense to me and I think to a lot of people that you would say things are a little like a little out there to get a reaction and you know tell people what they want to hear and then have people like on, you know from different sides basically like in a box like a verbal boxing match right like a lot of that stuff's very just very interesting and like it sucks people in um so I, I you know I'm not we're not in that business and we don't really understand it we don't come from it but we just know that a lot of people don't want that anymore and they just want, <laughs> they want, you know, bite-sized tidbits of information where they can learn more and they can go down, you know, when they go down a rabbit hole, they know like it's like a pure learning environment and not everything I just said, political bo or verbal boxing matches and clickbait and all this, you know, all this stuff. So I'm not trying to avoid it. I just, we just don't know because like that's kind of like what we never want to be. We just want to be the folks that are helping people like stay knowledgeable. Stop right there. Yes, this is a little mini ad. Don't skip. Don't skip. All I want to tell you right now is that at the end of the day, when it comes down to all the discussions I want to have, I want to be able to communicate with you, the audience. I want to be able to 
relay a message and receive a message from everyone and try to come up with these great solutions that I keep on talking about. So if you want to be part of the community, make sure you go to the website and sign up for not only the email list so you can get weekly emails from me for the podcast episode, informational sessions, all that great stuff, but also sign up to go on my Discord so you can be part of the discussions, debates on my live streams. So be sure to go to the website, www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com and go to the email list, sign up, and go to the Discord and join the server. Now back to the episode. So I guess the challenging part about this, and you know, I'm I'm with the, the sentiment, of course, but I guess when you the unfortunate situation when it comes down to trying to really be unbiased and presenting information as is. Now, obviously, my platform is a little bit different in the sense that I do pre- present my opinion. Obviously, I try to present my facts of the opinion, and I let people kind of come up to their own opinion and obviously converse with me to see um, how we can come up with solutions. Because the focus of me is not doing this kind of verbal boxing match. It's, to kind of solve the problem that we're talking about in the first place. So that's yep. how I approach things. But even when I'm presenting information, factual information, kind of presenting things as is, the unfortunate part about it is regardless of how you present the information, the other side or both sides will always perceive your information as being political bias regardless. So, in a situation where maybe there's a, a circumstance regarding Donald Trump, right? And you're presenting the information that Donald Trump, he was indicted. This is the facts. This is why he was indicted. From what we know, we have to get more information. What could happen, and I've seen it happen, you know, in comment sections and uh, with uh, both the left and the right, you can see things as the right saying, Oh, you're just attacking Donald Trump. Oh, that's not true. They're all conspiring against Donald Trump. Or the left is saying, oh, you're going too easy on Donald Trump. You should have gone harder. He's way worse than what you're saying. He's also done this, this, and this without having any facts backing it up. So has your company ever dealt with situations where even if you present your information a certain way, you still got people attacking you thinking that you're politically biased towards the other side regardless, even though it's very obvious you're just presenting the facts? I'm not exaggerating every day in our inbox. We have that. So we, we get hit from both sides, right? Like what you just said, exactly. We get dozens of emails a week and on, you know, obviously like with more um, like presidential campaigns or um, yeah, like polit- certain political movements, there's more of it, but literally every time we write about it, we get that from both sides. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that no matter what you do, there these people are going to be so set in their ways of thinking that they're not going to try to budge in whatever's going on. So how I approach it is, I either will try to converse with you, or I'm just going to ignore you because I think it's a waste of time. So that's how I approach it. But in in a situation where you just want to present information to the people, I guess the challenge. And I'm curious to see like how you would handle it. The challenge, the potential challenge is you can have potential people mislabeling what your company actually is based on their own pro- political belief. And, you know, you see it all the time. Maybe you have someone on the left saying, oh, yeah, they support Nazis or they're racist or someone on the right saying, 
oh yeah they're just uh you know anti-trump or they they hate uh you know they hate christianity you anti-religion so is that a concern that you've dealt with and how would you deal with it if you have people trying to frame your company as this way and i guess the other potential part which is even potentially more damaging is with the growth of content creators even they can say a certain thing maybe they only, they have like only 10 followers but they can say a certain thing in a way will get millions of views regardless if it's true or not and just say something that's like uh you know to try to defame your company and try to paint your company in a certain light based on information you presented in a newsletter yeah yeah so we deal with this all the time i i think you know i used to lose sleep about this a couple of years ago and now i now i don't because at the end of the day what we think is like there's people from all different political beliefs religious beliefs so like you know that that when they read certain things they don't agree with them and then they think um that organization is is biased against them or or something else you can't win you can't win those people right like i hate i hate to like we're trying to like you know help the the world learn more and everything but you just you can't win those people and on your part about like defaming them yeah like or, or them defaming us like yeah like maybe one of our angry readers because we didn't cover xyz topic high enough in the newsletter um goes and tells their friends or their family network that we're, you know, left or right or whatever, but we're pretty confident that if they read the newsletter, they would not come to that conclusion. So like, you know, so there's kind of like, if you look at the political spectrum, there's a bunch of studies on this. There's like, you know, seven types of voters and there's like extreme left and extreme right. And that's about like both of those sides, about eight to 10% of the United States. Like, I understand what they, when they write in, I understand what they're saying and I understand their point of view. But again, like, those are the folks that like listen to the same stuff and see Facebook, you know, the same Facebook articles that tell them what they want to hear and then listen to the radio that they want to hear and then listen to the news channel that they want to hear. So it's like, you kind of can't beat them. You know, you can't just, we just don't spend our time thinking about that. We spend about our time thinking about the 80% in the middle. Right. So like, again, taking out the, the far right and the far left folks, there's a huge population of people, uh, as, as you know, Riddell, <laughs> that like are just, you know, they just they just are sick of that and don't want that and just want to know what, what happened. So uh, that's who we focus on is like everyone in here. And like you just kind of you can't win everyone. So we just kind of just kind of let it go. Like, you know, we respond to them most most of the time, unless it's like really angry or weird or anything like that. But um they respond to them like we understand where they're coming from, but they're just in like their little bubble and they, they want to hear certain things. And they think if you don't provide those certain things or have a different or even cover something different than that, that you're not on their team. It goes back to that whole like, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah, I just, that's what I hate just as like American. It's just this whole, there's two teams and everyone hates each other and they're all trying to take each other down. And they all, it's what, I think I saw something recently, 74% of Democrats think Republicans are evil and 75% of Republicans think Democrats are evil. So it's like this, you know, tribal, they're bad or you're bad. It's just, it's really, it's really, it's terrible for our country, but you can't be, you can't win those people over. Right. So we just kind of like, thank you for giving us like what literally we'll respond, like understood. Thank you for giving us a chance. Like, thanks for giving us a shot and reading us um appreciate it and then they unsubscribe so 
Yeah, I definitely get what you mean regarding that. Um, you brought up something, and I guess this is more of a more specific question to your uh, to your platform that uh, that I'm interested in. And um, so, just one second. Can you still hear me? You're kind of frozen. Yeah, he's frozen right now. Yeah. Are you are okay? You're good. We're back. Yes. Sorry about that. No, no worries. No worries. So um, you said something that now I'm kind of interested in regards to this. So when you're presenting information, I think for the most part, when it comes to all the other topics of discussion, um, obviously, when it when I see the newsletter, there's like two to three topics that have a little bit more focus because they're on the top, right? So they have more text, of course. Uh, and most topics like people won't care to an extent that, okay, this is higher than another topic because there's really not that kind of tribal mindset in most topics. But obviously when it comes to politics and you said something in relation to this, where it may be a political topic and because they're up top, someone can perceive it as, oh, they're getting this much attention. That means you're for this side because it's a political topic, even though, you know, you cover other political topics lower down. If you just scroll down or just type in the newsletter, you can read more of it. So, my question for you is, how do you, when it comes to your, you know, vetting process and deciding which political political topics mostly that you want to feature on the top, how do you go about selecting which ones you want to put on the top versus which ones you leave lower on the bottom for them to check out if they scroll down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously this is like an art and this is where we say like trying to be as unbiased as humanly possible because like there, we all have biases, like our editorial team has biases too. They try to check them all before they like come to work every morning. But uh, yeah, so like what we try to do is we look at the whole news landscape and see what's being covered and then like what's not being covered. And it's so obvious. You can totally see like certain stories are on the left or on the right. Or like we'll, we'll, we'll say like maybe like the, the seventh high, if you kind of rank the stories across the news, like the seventh highest story, the seventh most important story on um, might be like the number one on a certain network. Because like, that's again, like they want to, they, that's their talking point. They want to tell you about that. Uh, ha again, it happens on both sides. So um, yeah, so we just try to look at like what everyone else is covering and then making sure we're not missing anything and not in including everything. And then we try to think about like the impact. So this is like, again, like where the unbiased is humanly possible thing comes in. Like, it's like, what's the most impactful thing in, in, in the, of the day? So again, I, I, I'll talk to our business section, which isn't politics, but you know, like what I try to do is like our reader, they're not coming to four. If you're a private equity guy, person, you're not coming to 1440 to read the business section because you're reading like the wall street journal cover to cover. And you're reading like TechCrunch and pro rata and all the Forbes and fortune you're reading 15 other things. So they're not coming like that person's not coming to the to, for the business section, but they are coming for like the science section or the politics section because they're not going as deep there. So like when I'm writing the business section every night, I'm writing it not for the private equity person, but for the nurse and the doctor and the lawyer who wants to know what's going on in the business world and doesn't have time to read for an hour or two and just wants to know like the big pertinent things that are happening. So I kind of use my judgment and it's like what. What are the big things that all the the the, uh, the financial media companies are talking about? And then like, what's also like, I use, use like, like the term like zeitgeisty, like what's like being talked about today and what's important, like AI makes a lot of appearances because 
that's like an important thing to know. Um, you know, the, the the latest like the the latest company to IPO will include big like seismic shifts with like you know Amazon over the last decade kind of wiping out like mom and pop retail. So it's like it's more themes that we're we're presenting. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is like someone that knows that space pretty well. Like what are the what are the key takeaways and then try to present those. So like our editor is a scientist. We have a politics editor. We have a sports entertainment and culture editor as well. And like, you know, there's there's a ton of there's a ton of judgment in there, but at the end of the day, we try to do like the combination of all those things. Like what else, what else, what are other folks covering covering, making sure we're not burying things like certain networks do, <laughs> but then also like what's the most impactful news item that's gonna help people um, understand the world around them. Fair enough. Um, you know, it makes sense uh, based on how you uh, explained it, of course. Um, I would say we got like two two to three more talking points before we start wrapping things up. Um, and this is kind of a, a, another question because uh, it's very interesting to dive into into your company and your model, of course. And as it grows, I feel like these are some things that if you haven't thought about before, you always can consider for the future, especially when you're um, – trying to make people aware that we're really just trying to present information, uh, the facts to people and get people informed. So I guess my other question is we did definitely dive into the personality aspect and how potential personalities can affect a, um, you know, news outlet or politics outlet. Of course, my question here is a lot more formulated way would be like an interview, right? So in an interview style, you would have someone who's just presenting the interview questions, make sure that the, the questions are strict and to the point of a factual answer, hopefully is getting answered. But in this situation where you can, uh, having interviews can definitely get you the ability to hear the input and maybe potential factual opinions. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a political figure, but you know, there's some value of people interviewing, for example, RFK, right? So while well, he's been going around all these different podcasts, trying to get his voice known, his opinion known. Um, but you know, there might be some situations that we've already spoke about. Once you have him on the people on the right side, oh, you have him on your, your left wing now, because he's a Democrat. Um, even though he, he kind of sways for both sides. So when it comes to interviews, you definitely have more control to make sure that the information being presented is factual and then there's no innate trying to have a pushing of an agenda while the conversation is going about. So is this something the company has thought about when it comes down to uh, potential interviews? Yeah, again, we'll call you when we're ready because we don't know we, we don't know what we're doing there. Uh, we have a lot to learn. But um, yeah, like, you know, at the moment, the way we thought about that is like, there's not a shortage of interviews. Rather, there's a shortage of like someone to just tell me which interview should I watch. Right. So again, because we're like a curator, that's what we that's like, like our big value add. So it's like, again, here's 30 links, 35 links. If you look at our newsletter across all these different topics, like fun stuff, science, etc. But then like we, we told we have interviews in there all the time. But it's like if there was an interview on, um, yeah, like a political figure, we would first watch many interviews and say, this one's biased, this one's biased. This was one where I actually really got to learn about the candidate and we felt it was very fair. And it was like the most unbiased interview we saw and like the most impactful interview we saw, we would run that one. So again, like just, that's kind of the, be the beauty of being like a curator is like, we're not, 
we don't have to run our content or our partner's content. We're just trying to like, again, if, if, if my, my mom wanted to be like, what's the best interview on this political person, that's what we're trying to do. But we just sent it out to 2.6 million people. Right. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes sense. I agree. Um, so we we dove into the big wig media companies and how they can present information that is extremely biased. Um, this way of presenting information, if we're being honest, however, is one that is much more old school. It's something that, you know, people that probably the generation before me would do more so. The new way people are kind of consuming information now with my generation and younger is social media. So in this way, for example, you have Twitter and there's a you know search tab, discovery tab, and you can go see, okay, what topics are, go are um, going on. Now, Twitter has hit an interesting point with Elon considering that obviously you can go down, see these different articles. Um, I, I thought it was an excellent addition for Elon in the sense that he added a kind of like community notes section to every article or every tweet with that is trying to present information and news, say, giving them the opportunity to get more context of it on the face, because not a lot of people read the article. They read a headline and go like, oh, yeah, this is my opinion now. So with that said, my my question for you is like. How do you perceive social media and how they present their news versus your company? Because obviously this is another way that information is getting presented. And this is potentially another way people can get a biased perspective. Because the thing about social media is they put headlines, titles in a way specifically so people click on the titles. So that that one, that's another potential danger is you care about the click through rate. So instead of the outrageous thing you're saying on TV, you're saying an outrageous thing on the title. People may or may not click on it or they may click on it a little bit. They may, be, may click on it, read the first paragraph and then leave and say, oh, yeah, this is my opinion now. So uh, how what is your per opinion or what is your perspective on social media and how they present the news versus your company, and how they present information? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just answered it for us there, right? With like all the, a lot, lot of the companies and not, not everyone, there's some really awesome, like journalists. I mean, the, the, the whole thing, it's, it's, it's fascinating, right? Like, the, like Substack, and there's so many new ways to be a creator. Like if you're passionate about delivering insights or knowledge or news, you can do it so many ways now to your point, right? You could be on TikTok, you could be on Instagram, social media, you could have your own newsletter, you could have a YouTube channel. So I don't want to put like everyone in a bucket because I actually think there's some really awesome, um, maybe not even like news folks, but th there's some like really terrific, I'm passionate about X and I want to tell you about X and like my following, going back to like our conversation around TV and telling you what you want to hear. Like I'm interested in that topic. So then through the power of the internet, I can get, you know, millions of followers who are also interested in that topic. And like they're, they're, like a lot of them are curating information around, you know, whatever, like your favorite sports team or like food or travel or whatever. Right. So yeah, that's, what's so fascinating is like the, the internet just, it just, just, just so there's so many possibilities now on who you can learn from. Right. So that's the beauty of it is you can follow. 
I probably receive, I, I love newsletters. I'm not just saying that because we run a newsletter company, but like I receive a hundred newsletters a week that even if I wasn't in the newsletter realm, I, I would read because it's like some, some person is, I'm here in Chicago, right? Some person that like loves the Chicago food scene goes and visits every new restaurant and I trust her opinion. And she comes back and tells me if it's worth going to or not. And then if I go, which dish I should get, right? It's like, that's incredible, right? So people are doing that at all these different levels, like on sports and politics and, and music and, and sneakers and history. It's, it's incredible. The, that's the upside. The downside is because it's no longer like, you know, big organizations, big media companies that in the, in the old days, like made sure that everything was factual and everything was real. What happens, like the downside is you get everything you just mentioned, all the, the clickbait and the fake headlines and like weird, I mean, some of this misinformation out there, you know, like, again, like as a concerned American, we actually have a lot of people write into us. Um, remember, remember Snopes.com where you could like see if something was real or not. We have a lot of that type of stuff where someone will like get a link that they get on social media and it will be some pretty crazy, you know, conspiracy theory stuff. And they're just not even, they, they, don't, they don't know what's real. Like, so we have some older readers that'll write in and say, hey, I read this. They trust us to deliver their, like their news. So they, they write in and say, I read this. I'm not even going to get into what they are. They're, every day there's a new one. Is this real? Like, should I believe this stuff, right? So there's just, there's just so much information. And obviously like, you know, collusion and all this crazy stuff. So like that, that's, what, that's what stinks about it is there's like, I think like, and, and unfortunately, that's like the what gets talked about a lot. Like the beauty of it is there's these brilliant people that are passionate about topics and they help you get smarter at things. But then again, like the downside is like the bad. There's always there's always bad actors. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the great things that you said. And it is when it comes down to the the individual entrepreneur entrepreneurial aspect of content creation and presenting information and the individual presenting information. Uh, there's a lot to love there, but like you said, since it's not for the most part checked or centralized in a way, there and go, there's yeah. no guidelines for them to do certain things, they can kind of go whichever route they want to go. And obviously we're a capitalist country and they'll go the route, which one and they can. And a lot of people do will go the route where they will most likely make a m more money and get more attention. Um, the perfect example, and I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a growing, unfortunately, it's a growing trend and it's so cringe. So there's kind of a new trend on TikTok, um, on TikTok live streams. And basically what the trend is, is where individuals will go on TikTok, go on TikTok live, and they would do these really like cringe like dances and movements. And basically how this would work is they would kind of like make some weird motion or maybe just, you know, bounce up and down or whatever. And then anytime someone sends them like an action or like maybe they send them a hot dog or for some reason in TikTok live, then they, you know, do some weird action where they're kind of you know, eating a glizzy in a very provocative way, or maybe they get shot by lightning and then they, they pretend they, they got electrocuted by lightning on TikTok live, or someone sends them a fireball and then they pretend they got burned. So it's, it's very weird. It's very cringe. And, um, it's very 
childish, but people are doing it, and it seems like it's growing in attention where more and more people are going like, screw it, I'm going to go in there and just make money. So that's like the perfect example where they see money can be made, they don't really care what they have to do to do it, and they'll do it. And this is this not necessarily like the same as presenting news, but it really just shows you how people, regardless, are willing to do what they want, want they willing to do whatever to get attention, to get money. So it's kind of a very unfortunate. Have you seen any of those TikTok lives on TikTok yeah. edited? At, at, no, at I was all? just thinking I gotta, I gotta get on TikTok. Apparently, um, my my wife really likes it, but I I. Uh... I don't, I don't use it, but I, but she, she, she like, she loves it. So I, I should probably. Hey, she might've seen exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> and she might think, oh yeah, there, this is, this is weird, extremely weird. Um, but with that said, I guess another thing that is uh, kind of unfortunate and which is when like factual information can play a lot of benefit, but a lot of these media companies would cover it. I'm not sure if your newsletter would, but there's a lot of these social circumstances Right. So in these circumstances that can go extremely viral, that have little to no context, can frame things in a way to either ruin someone's life or can kind of force a specific narrative, whether it kind of leans left or right. So perfect example, there is this one situation that went viral um, where the lady was at like a park and there was a guy and you the video from the video all we see is like she's like holding her dog she's calling the cops and from the video it looks like she's a karen like she's calling the cops because the guy that's taking the video is a black guy and she's saying oh he's doing this and this and that so it makes her look very bad because you know the perception if like an older white lady is you know being mean to a minority she's a karen for the most part especially if you film it in a certain way so the situation happened where she was uh, doing this, calling the cops, very distraught, and the video present presented her in a very weird light. Now, with that said, the mass kind of public just thought that she was racist. She, they thought she was a Karen. They thought she was X, Y, and Z. Come to find out, and I didn't even find out until like years later, uh, maybe a year later, I found out about this months ago because I never looked into it, but I've seen the video. Everybody's seen the video. I didn't have an opinion, but everybody's seen the video. So the context came out that this guy, before he even did the video, went up to her and said to her, I'm going to steal your dog. Now, that all that context about him saying, I'm going to steal your dog was left out. So people just thought that she was going crazy for no reason. So this is an example, and there's so many other examples, like the city bike example, if you're familiar with, where there's a lady and then there's boys and, you know, people call her a Karen because they think she was stealing uh, uh, a group of boys' city bike. Um, there's plenty of other scenarios I can bring up where it's social circumstances between individuals. And these circumstances go viral without the proper context, and they're presented in a way to make a certain person look bad. Do you think media, maybe like yours, because the big media companies, they, they go over this stuff, but unfortunately, they don't look up the context sometimes, a lot of times, and they also pick a, an agenda and also pick a, a way that they want to kind of portray the information. So, and perfect example, do you know who Anna Kasparian is? 
I don't know. Anna Kasparian is a member of the Young Turks, a progressive group from the left, and they would do, obviously, they would kind of present information in a very leftist point of view. Now, she's come out and said she's had a lot of, like, rethinking of how they've done things because a lot of the information they used to present was without context, wrong information, and after she got the context, she went back in her word on so many things. Um, another great example is the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, where initially where it was presented, it was very obvious how they were trying to present the guy. So she came back in a lot of that stuff, even though she was a leftist, and saying this is not right. She was attacked from it from the left, obviously saying, oh, you're just, you know, you're changing sides and all that stuff. But this is just another example where her former company, or probably her current company, how they presented information was without the context, without the proper information, and it was damaging to a lot of people. So do you believe media companies should have, or do you believe other media companies, maybe like yours, should have a role in making sure that the circumstances have the proper context and presenting them? Because you already said you, they present facts. But these are not news necessarily, but they're social situations, unless they go viral like Kyle Rittenhouse. But they can just go viral on the internet, obviously. Do you believe they have a role in kind of helping give people the context of these scenarios and situations so these, you know, potential attacks don't happen? Yeah, it's fascinating. I got to uh, I got to check these out because I'm, I'm not I don't know if I can speak intelligently on this because like we just I haven't really seen seen much of this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, no worries. Uh, I'm you. Well, it's hard to say if you've seen certain videos. Um yeah, but sometimes they just, if you're scrolling, you may see them, don't really know the context. And I guess it's kind of similar to a situation where there's a police shooting, right? It would be similar to that situation where someone, a police shot, uh, shot someone and the narrative initially usually is it was a racist cop. And the, the France, oh, the France situation is a perfect example. So there's a situation in France where the cop shot this one um, person of color. He was a immigrant that came to the France, came to the French country. He shot him after he tried to drive away while he kind of had him a gunpoint. He tried to drive away while the cop was like, had his arms in the car, shot him and killed him. After that information was presented very poorly. And now there's a bunch of riots in France because of it. So that's another, and we've seen it in this country where there's so many situations, not a lot of context, present information a certain way, and what's the aftermath? Riots, damage, a lot of very bad opinions, a very toxic nature. So this is kind of the potential downfall, especially with social media, where things can go viral, they don't have the context, and people can get extremely upset, extremely easy, and you know that's just uh, unfortunate in those situations. So, um, yeah, this, I, the only reason why I bring this up is because all the stuff regarding politics, I mean, we very much agree on. And from what I've seen from 1440, they present information in a very uh, interesting light. I was just curious on, on how, if ever, you would approach uh, presenting information on more like viral social scenarios to provide context in these scenarios in a way where, you know, people don't own a frenzy and don't really know exactly what's going on. 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think like if, if that came up, we just try to do like we do everything else, which is like what are the facts we know right now and like what are those and try to like un- uncover those and get to the bottom of them. And then as things, uh, stories develop or to your point, like maybe uh, there's new information that comes to light, like making sure that we're including that as well in the story. Because again, at the end of the day, like we're just trying to like not trying to get you to think this way or that way or like be on that team or that team. It's like what, what actually happened, right? Like let's get to the let's get to the truth. So Yeah. Uh so with that said, my final question is if you had to summarize fourteen forty media and and the mission of the organization, especially in comparison to how current media presents information versus social media we've talked about if you had to summarize the, the mission and the way 1440 at companies like 1440s can present information and how that would help society moving forward, how would you, how would you go about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it goes back to like what we talked about at the beginning, like our one, two punch of kind of uh, comprehensive and impartial. So the impartial stuff, like the media bias, it's more interesting and like it, we, it gets talked about more. But yeah, at the end of the day there, again, all we're trying to do is we're trying to like learn things ourselves, see all the different sides and just strip out the opinions and the bias so people can get smart. Um, And then I think the thing that we actually don't get enough credit for is like our comprehensive nature. So we save people tons of time and then help them get really smart about different topics. So like as an example, I actually pulled this yesterday, right? Like in our newsletter last week, if you so because we have like a menu of information right so if you want to learn we covered the following things in one newsletter an octopus nursery at the bottom of the ocean ocean tesla's earnings the hot dog eating champ a civil rights lawsuit quantum quantum mechanics lab grown meat ukraine update a nuclear plant in japan the best u.s cities for nomads images of the milky way robot orchestra an update on dolly the clone sheep like, so if you're like looking for a ton of information and you like just want a smart, curious person, that's the other thing we do too. So it's that one, two punch of no, no opinions and no bias and try to like really hard to just present what happened. But then also like we serve on a silver platter via your email, like 30 or 35 really fascinating links that help you become a smarter person. And I actually think we don't, I think our readers know that and we get a lot of credit for it, the readers, but we kind of get I think the the impartial biasing is more interesting, but at the end of the day, like we deliver like really cool insights and knowledge to our readers. And that's why they open every day. They come back because they know, you know, I know I can go to the top and learn about like what's happening in Ukraine. And I know if there's an IPO, I'll learn about that. But then I also can learn about like what I said, Milky Way images and Michelin stars and fall foliage schedules. So yeah, like, you know, at the end of the day, like we're just like normal people. We're not media executives. We have, we have journalists and folks that have been in the media, but the core of like our being as a company is just intellectually curious people that want to know what's going on in the world and want it all in one place so they can choose what they want. So kind of like choose your own adventure news without all the bias. So that was super long-winded, but yeah, it's that one-two punch. That's why people love us, that impartial, comprehensive one-two punch. <clears throat> and I think people can appreciate that, that type of way of presenting information. Um, an additional question I just came up with, uh, because I see that you guys do this and to be fair, I think more people probably should do this because it really sheds light that when it comes to media and the news, both on 
mainstream and social media, for the most part, the information they present can be relatively depressing. Very, They always kind of present the negative way of how the world works, where they never really present the good side of the world. So one thing I see your company do on certain on some newsletters, um, I think it's like once a week, maybe Fridays, I don't, I don't remember exactly, where you guys present uh, good information, you know, good way, good things that is happening. Uh, so wh- why do you think that that type of information is good for people? And yeah, basically, wh- why do you why do you th- why do you consider doing this every week? Um, in terms of this good news? Yeah, yeah. So thank you. So it's on Saturdays. Uh, our our brilliant chief content officer named Sony, who came from Bloomberg, came up with that. And we have a section called Humankind, which is all the uh, like uplifting stories you see throughout the week. Um, and then there's a second section called Human Kindness, where people actually write in and say, like, this is what I, um, I was, you know, I lost my wallet and some random guy drove 200 miles to return it to me, right? Just like really uplifting stuff. So I think one, there's a couple reasons we do that. One, we believe that like the, the world is net good, right? There's obviously some bad stuff going on and America has some problems and we have to, we have to get better every day. But like, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful world out there and a lot of people do wonderful things. We want to highlight some of those. And then two, to your point, and kind of like to, to wrap up the whole conversation here, it's just like everything, a lot of those companies, just they tell you like the bad stuff and like what you just, they get you all fired up and then you're yelling at each other, everyone's yelling at it. And just like, it just, it just, people, people are starving for like, not only like the impartial comprehensive stuff, but just uplifting positive news when they're used to turning on the TV and just seeing bad stuff over and over again. So yeah, I think it's a combination of like one, like we think like the world deserves it. And we should like highlight more of it because it's beautiful. And two, like the consumer wants it. And like at the end of the day here, like that's what, if you look at our product, like a lot of people five years ago, like no one will want this. What are you talking about? There's Google news, there's Apple news, there's the New York times. Like your product doesn't even make sense, but we think that we just have like a really good pulse on like what the consumer wants and we just deliver it to them. <clears throat> All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah, that's all we got for today. Um, I think this was an excellent conversation regarding media, regarding your company and its role in politics and even just the world news in general, of course. Um, how are people able to sign up for the newsletter? What, what do they have to do to get this impartial uh, information? Yeah, so thanks for the plug there. So yeah, you can visit join1440.com. So join1440.com. Uh, it's really easy to throw in your email there and it comes right away to you. You'll get the next days uh, as well. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. We can get to our point. It's not for everyone. Some people, some people unsubscribe, but uh, yeah, so it's super simple to sign up in a, in a few steps. And also like, you know, for, for your audience or for like builders out there, like Riddell, like what you're building is awesome. And it's really inspiring. Like if I can be helpful or we can be helpful to like, you know, just pay it forward and, someone's just starting a, a, a news company or a new product or something like that. Anyway, I can be helpful. I'm at Tim at join 1440.com. Uh, I actually get a lot of cool random emails from this and I have a lot of conversations with people and really enjoy them. So really mean that anyway, it can be helpful. Uh, please don't be shy. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Make sure to sign up. Um, I'm a big advocate of 1440, of course, even uh, before Tim reached out to me, like I said, I've been reading their information for a while now 
and uh, definitely one of the one of the many sources I use to get a good baseline of information. And even though this is purely politics, I read everything. You know, I'm interested in a lot of different areas. You know, sports included, right? You know, I got to get that good sports information as well. So um, yeah, I'm a big advocate for 1440. I highly recommend the way they present information and the information um is like i said like we've talked about impartial just the facts you can kind of learn stuff that is going on and even if you want to kind of just get a good baseline based on how they present the ways you can get a good baseline and then once you kind of get invested you can even do your own research so regardless it's good for everybody good for every type of person in terms of how they consume media and um you know not only that this podcast is also here to pro- give you out the information too. So hope you guys enjoyed, of course, rated five stars if you enjoyed this episode. And like always, you can reach out to me on the website, um, 